Sabrina's guiding everyone through the hallways, and uh, Mr. Kraft says, uh, turns to Harvey, doesn't he? He says, I need you to give this to my lawyer. And he says, oh, but this is a declaration of love. And he went, no, 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 that's for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> so he he constantly has in his jacket pocket a love letter for Sandra Bullock. In case, uh, in case he dies. In so case he dies. Yeah. So, so she knows that this principal who's died... <laughs> Deputy principal. Deputy principal who has died in Massachusetts uh, loved her. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite a surprise, actually, because if we've learned anything from Mr. Kraft over the past couple of seasons is he's got a type. And Sandra Bullock definitely does not seem his type of woman. Well, what? She's not a witch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is. She is, though. Practical, Practical magic! magic! Yeah! yeah! <laughs> With Nicole Kidman! Well, there we go. I stand corrected by my own revelation. Well, you're, you're sitting... Being sat in my own revelation doesn't <laughs> doesn't sound doesn't sound as reflective as it uh, as it should. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three corny and coordinated comedians review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil Dean, I am your host and guide through this wonderfully comedic adventure, if I do say so myself. However, I'm not taking this journey alone, I am with my two day ones. First of all, uh, due to a, a slight reshuffle and a slight restudioing, uh, to my right is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. How are you, my friend? I'm well. Yesterday, I uh, watched my beloved Tranmere Rovers uh, seal their second promotion in as many years. So I'm cocker fucking hoop. <laughs> fucking hey. And uh, joining me to the left of him, and funnily enough, sorry, the right of him, and the left of me. Yeah. Is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Philippe. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm not too bad, sir. Not too bad. You know, just, uh, just. House cat sitting. It's uh, this weekend. It's lovely. Got, uh, oh, I've yes. got so much work to do. Got a performance on the twentieth of June. What for, where you'll be reviewed on your skills of house sitting and cat sitting? No, no, no. This is a performance that the students are doing. The Ooh. students that I teach. Oh, so shit. it's just fortuitous that a friend of mine's asked me to house sit, which means I now literally have the space. To do that, I mean, you've seen the table. Indeed. Now, yeah, we've got a slight changing sound for this show because, yeah, we are not recording in the uh, the the, the official Fielding Studio. No, we are in someone else's house. Um, I think we were. I think we were invited to some regard, but yeah, we're Chris's house sitting. We thought, can we podcast in their house, please? So uh, a little bit of a change of scenery. Hopefully, it won't affect the performance or the uh, confidence in us. Yeah. No, it also means that. Um that fade doesn't have to be kicked out. Yes, my wife doesn't have to be kicked out, and yeah. to be honest, we are looking out the window. It's not exactly the best it day for that. It is grim today, yes. So, uh, that's a shame. Um, I don't know if you guys picked up on my little Instagram lingo there. Day ones, that's a, it's a new thing. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, no, I just thought you were just being a bit weird. No, 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 I was being Insta-weird. Um, I am, anyway. What's an Insta-weird? Uh, well, just that. So, a d- a hashtag day ones means you guys... We've been together since day one. Day one, mates. What? We, we shared a womb. And we did. We did, we indeed. Did. A womb of friendship. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Coin okay. that. Okay. Excuse me one moment while I just throw up. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Same as like ride or... Yeah, ride or die. Ride or die, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're ride or dies. Yeah. So if you needed someone to bury a body, you'd come to us. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and you have. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. 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 <laughs> shit. Jesus. Jesus oh. Christ. Oh. We promised we would never talk about Sally Ann Davis again. <laughs> Things that it's all publicly known anyway, because I don't, I don't know if you remember, but while you were digging the holes, I took a selfie and hashtagged it day ones. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew that's it, what that flash was. I, I knew I'd heard it somewhere before. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, less uh, less silly beggary from from the three of us as we go into a very silly episode of Sabrina. Uh, it's episode twenty one. Uh, it's called Sabrina's Real World. In this episode, uh, Salem kind of uh, wrongly and inappropriately signs Sabrina's life away to be documented twenty four seven. Much to uh, to be broadcasted on uh, other realm witching TV. And she becomes a big, big reality TV star. So we're quite interested in seeing how 1999 handles the first little wave of reality TV. Boys, were you interested in this episode? Uh, right from the off, before you watched it, 
were you interested in seeing how uh, this TV show would, would document uh, reality TV? Yeah, because reality TV, uh, we talked about it a bit in the last episode, but it was a, it was a pretty new thing in uh, in older 1999. And the thing that has really changed, I think, about reality TV since then, and it didn't take long for it to become this way, um, is the real timeness of it all, because the real world uh, was just sort of a... Yeah, like find the world documentary that was filmed and edited and then broadcast. There was no like audience interaction mm. with it in terms of, like voting people off or uh, you know like live streaming. You know them hanging around in the house or anything. You know it was all it was all packaged. And I remember at least in this country the first uh, reality TV singing show was uh, Pop Stars. The, the original Pop Stars was just a a documentary about putting a band together mm-hmm. again that was that was that was already edited and already finished and then broadcast. It, you know there was no. There's no, again, like, the audience chooses who's in the band or anything like that. So, yeah, the original days of reality TV was it was basically just a documentary about people. So, really, what's going on with Sabrina in this episode is quite prescient. It's quite forward-thinking. Mm. The only other precedent for it, perhaps, would have been The Truman Show, <laughs> which yeah, would have yeah. been out a couple of years before. So, uh, yeah, in terms of Sabrina's life being followed in real time, she's a pioneer. Absolutely, and uh, was this uh, we the past sort of few? There's been a bit of a lull, particularly with last week's was one of our lowest scoring episodes with ten slap bang in the middle, wasn't it? Did this episode, do you think, pick it up? Obviously, we'll score it at the end, but I thought this episode was a very fun, funny episode. The, my only qualm with it is my usual qualm with most episodes this season. Where's the family secret? Oh, it's not good. Graham's, Graham's got a migraine every time you hear a family secret because he just doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, not quite when somebody says porn, obviously. That's the worst thing. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, we might as well crack into this episode because I can't wait to talk about it. The episode opens on Sabrina and Salem wrapping up another episode of When Good Witches Go Bad, a show which Salem reckons he could write a hell of a lot better, uh, which prompts the news anchor on the telly to threaten him. He says, we interrupt this regularly scheduled programme to beat you up. And uh, then, like, something out of the ring, the news anchor fucking crawls out the TV. Yeah, uh, this news anchor is a real sports uh, broadcaster called uh, Stu Nahan. Right. Who was apparently a, yeah, a sports presenter in uh, Los Angeles for decades and decades. But he's probably best known outside of the LA area for being the commentator in, I think, the first four Rocky films. Oh, right, okay, yeah. that's cool. I, I thought you were going to say he's probably most well known for climbing out the well and killing people within seven days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly gave off that impression. Uh, the uh, titles roll, and uh, she's dressed as a milkman slash milkwoman slash milk person. Milk person. There we go. Jesus, Phil. Sorry. She's you're dressed get, as a... You're getting all this sort of Insta Day ones and whatnot, <laughs> but you still forget about milk person. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Gender neutrality. Oh, sorry. Like witches. Indeed. The neutral. <laughs> right, so, a milk person, and she says, I'm going to milk this show for laughs. Oh. Boys, pretty sure she did. Pretty sure she did. She did indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, sort of cheap puns and things are a topic of this episode with uh, the affliction that plagues uh, Hilda, so... Uh, <laughs> indeed. And we will get to that. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the cream definitely rose to the top in this episode, oh. I feel. Oh, oh, I can't say dairy, dairy me because I've said it before. <laughs> oh. uh, we're in the kitchen where we interrupt Hilda's scheduled chat about her date to head to Sabrina's bedroom where Salem is pitching TV show ideas to the Witch Channel executive. Uh, he's uh, facially, I didn't recognise him, but voice, I instantly recognised him as playing another uh, TV executive. He's the ponytailed guy who runs uh, the Itching Scratchy show on The Simpsons. Is it definitely him? I'm pretty sure it's definitely him. Yeah, that that's right. We we did Google. For he, yes, sake. he is. Yes, he is Roger Myers Jr. Correct. I didn't even check. He yeah, is. Yes. That, that's yeah. So yeah, he's he's got form of playing a TV exec, um, and he, he look he his look is perfect for sort of like a yeah. sort of sleazy sort of like uh, megalomaniacal TV exec. Uh, the guy's name is uh, Alex Rocco. Um, he was apparently uh, in The Godfather, uh, had a small role in The Godfather, yeah. and he won a uh, Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy uh, Emmy Award for being in The Famous Teddy Z, whatever that was. Well, um, but the mo- wait, wait, is it called The Famous Teddy Z, or is it called Teddy Z? No, it's called The Famous Teddy Z. Oh, thank God oh, for okay. that, because I was going to say, Teddy Z is not famous. <laughs> I think he, he 
And uh, Bobby Calzone could have easily played each other's characters as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, Fred Willard would have been good in this role. As a matter of fact, obviously Fred Willard played the um, station head in uh, Anchorman. Yes, oh yeah, um, he did, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's cool. So he does a, a good job in uh, in this episode. Uh, almost all of Salem's ideas are shot down, and as a one last attempt, he pitches a documentary that follows a cat and his teenage witch psychic. He loves it and vows to make Salem a very rich man. Minus the, the cat bit. He just wants to follow Sabrina. And a very rich cat he wants to make him as well. Not oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Or, or... Say it slowly, he says. We'll say it again, but slowly. So, so, some might say that here Salem just wants to become a fat cat. Ha! Oh! Ha! Oh! Ha! And uh, that is my contribution to this entire podcast. Thank you and good night. Nice. Uh, you should your eyes for a little bit, Chris. Thank you. We quickly visit school where Mr. Kraft has a proposition for Libby. The school has no one appointed as the school's safety monitor, and she can appoint anyone to do the school's dorkiest job. Hey, there's nothing dorky about safety, is there, boys? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, heavens no. Not at all. I mean, you know, safety is is uh, paramount. Par- par- paramount, yes. Um, and to be honest, I mean, we, did, we didn't have safety monitors in school, did we? we didn't no, have, we, we, we didn't we have, have hall monitors. Our, our school uh, was built for, I think, half as many people yes. as it was meant to have. Yeah. So during change times between lessons, people were crushed against the walls, never to death as far as I know, uh, in the school corridors. And people used to push the doors in the corridor into one another. And... No one did anything to stop it. Yeah, we needed someone like Sabrina in a hard hat and a, a, a sort of a luminous a sash to be yeah. directing people like traffic and uh, telling us all about how to do safety properly. Uh, because, yes, spoiler alert, uh, Sabrina is appointed safety uh, monitor by the authority of Libby, obviously. Uh, oh, uh, behind Mr. Craft, boys, is a poster. Oh, no. We've not done a poster watch for quite a while because I think we've seen so many, they're just repeated. There's no yeah. fresh ideas. However, this one is pretty uh, fresh. It's a chimp at a desk wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've not said it yet. <laughs> so just a chimp. I'm already, a I'm already laughing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're there. We're there. Uh, At a desk, in a suit, a chimpanzee. Yeah, and it says, have you used your brain today? Oh. Oh. I'm not laughing now, are you? No. <laughs> chimp in a suit, though. <laughs> At a desk, no less. <laughs> Oh. Well, you know what you know what they say is uh, if you put a hundred chimps in a room with a hundred typewriters, eventually they will write Shakespeare. Yes. Eventually, one of them will use their brains today. Yes. Eventually, one of them won't just defecate and throw <laughs> it at the other. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, unfortunately, it's saying that the uh, I mean they are more racially sensitive with a another breed of animal uh, later on in the episode. But for now, yeah, they're being a bit mean to the monkey community, aren't they? They're not saying they're stupid, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's not on really. I mean, as, as, as animals go, as we know, they're, they're pretty intelligent. Yeah. I mean, cats are fucking idiots, as we've, uh, we've, uh, <laughs> we've noticed. We've noticed yeah. while we're here, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the bottom line is, uh, I believe it is the chimpanzee that has been able to uh, use twigs as a, uh, f- uh, an eating utensil. I mean, that's pretty stupid. We use forks. I mean, for, for they're in the middle of the bloody rainforest, Phil. They don't have access to forks. They don't, don't like here, there. No. Oh, okay. They, they, they don't have Wilco's. No. All right. Or home base or anything like that. Other utensil uh, shops uh, are available. Are available. <laughs> so just obviously not in the jungle. So they 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 lick the stick, they whack it in a termite mound. Okay, and then lo and behold, termites get stuck to it, and that's the lunch. Sounds so, like Chris's Friday night right there. Chimpanzees are intelligent. Have you used your brains today? Clearly, the chimps have used them. Better than we could ever dream of. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah, because Sabrina is merely just being a safety monitor, the TV exec is bored already. And Mr. Kraft shares with us some hard truths about being savagely beaten when he was a whole monitor himself. More and more is falling into place uh, with regards to the um, complex emotional makeup of Willard Kraft, uh, how he came to be the way he is. Yeah, he was beaten by his, uh, his ex-wife, but before that he was beaten uh, as a hall monitor. I'd actually really like to know if there was any time in Willard Craft's life where he wasn't beaten by another. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I feel like even his mother will have beaten him at board games. Oh. Yeah, at very least, yeah. But you often find, um, you know, or at least sort of the pop psychology goes, that people who have um, been belittled and, you know, uh, 
talked down to, uh, maybe beaten, whatever, you know, like when they reach a position of authority, they go a bit mad with power because now no one can do that without getting mm. in a lot of trouble. Uh, so, yeah, it all, all makes sense. It all makes sense, yeah. As, as we dive deeper into the psyche of Mr. Craft, there's parts of us that go, oh, you know what? This man's got a little special place in my heart. I don't know, not in this episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> not, not in this episode. <laughs> Forget what I said. Uh, back home and Hilda puts on a garish belt ahead of her date and instantly starts telling awful jokes. Uh, why is that, boys? Well, um, it's a joke which I don't... I mean, it's an American concept, so I guess... Uh, American kids are probably more likely to get it, but I still think you know your average uh, child in 1999, when this wasn't really a thing anymore, probably would have been like, "What?" Zelda says, "Oh no, it's a borscht belt. This uh, garish belt that Hilda's wearing, um, and that that's making her tell bad jokes." Now, the borscht belt uh, was uh, well, borscht first of all is a, a soup, I believe, um, that was popular. Staple of diet for Eastern European uh, Jewish uh, immigrants um, <laughs> to America in like the early 20th century, um, and yeah, the Borscht Belt was uh, some uh, resorts in the uh, mountains in New York State where New York Jewish families would go to like holiday camps um, for their summer holidays, kind of like Pontins and Butlins. But... Okay, different kinds of camps. Yeah, in the in the same kind of way of. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It's really said they were invited to summer camps mean Chris looked at each other just <laughs> like, you can't say Jewish and camp in the same sentence. <sighs> so much like yeah, much like Pontins and Butlins and they also like Pontins and Butlins, they decline massively. I think the point of in existence, um, when like uh, air travel and you know, like going for, further afield for your holiday became popular. But for a long time, these um, yeah, these places in the Catskills were very popular amongst Jewish families. So that area was called the Borscht Belt, and you had these um, yeah, in the um, you know entertainment complexes on these camps, you had these comedians telling their tacky jokes. We've had a joke about a Catskill comedian in we a did, previous yes. episode, in fact. Well, there we go. Well, thank you very much, Graham, for another uh, sort of lesson lesson in. Uh, uh, just culture that me and Chris had no bloody idea about. No, but that, that that's why we have a Graham. That's why yeah, everyone must everyone have a Graham. Everyone needs a Graham. Because if you don't know it, Graham will know it. Uh, yeah, so it is a borscht belt and it won't come off until she's told... One million jokes! So, uh, yeah... So she's got to tell one million jokes before it will come off. And, uh, I mean, luckily she fires them off quite uh, quickly. But, oh my days, how long would it take to tell one million jokes? Um, I don't know. I mean, Tim Vine holds the record for the most jokes told in a minute. I can't remember how many that is. But it's it's, it's quite an impressive amount. If you told them at the rate that he did when he was doing that record, yeah. um, you uh, pro- probably might get there quite quickly. I've, I've, Chris I've is uh, Googling out. for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. Every time every time she tells these jokes, we get we get a badum chish as well. As yeah, well. which is nice. And, and and she claps her hands and does sort of jazz hands sort yeah. of thing. Oh, so. because uh, what's the formal name for a uh, badum chish? I'm not too sure. It, it sounds really rude. Okay. Did you know what? Did you know, did you know this? Did you know this? It's a rim shot. Oh yeah. We get a rim shot. Not 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 of Salem, unfortunately. Oh, no. um, every, every every time she tells a joke. Can <laughs> you imagine if she told a joke and then just showed Salem's arsehole after each one? <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be funnier. Um, That's the cat skills comedian I want to see. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> it's most jokes in an hour. Oh, it's, an uh, it's one hour, and the record was set uh, by Tim Vine in October, on October 7th, 2004, at the Soho Theatre in London, where he told a record of 499 jokes in an hour. However, uh, a bloke called Limo took the record the following year with 450, four, no, 549 gags in an hour, but it is not known when he was stripped of the honour, but it is thought to be... Uh, recently, despite Guinness's insistence that he held the record only briefly. Mm. So there you go. Tim Vine still holds the record of 499 jokes told in one hour. So if we just say, if we round it up, Tim Vine's had 500 jokes in one hour and he does them quick fight and they're all really, really good jokes. Yes. So 500 in an hour... Oh right, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've committed. We've committed we've to all this. We've committed Googling. now. We've committed. Right. We might as well do hashtag so maths for folks. How many straight hours of joke telling would it take you to get to a million jokes? So one million divided by five hundred. That is two thousand hours. 
Okay. That's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Divided by 24 hours in a day, that is 83.3333333 recurring days. Okay. Less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, 83 days. So if we schedule in times when you've got to sleep... Yeah, eat. Um, because I'm sure, even as as good as comedy is, comedy needs to have a rest. Yes. some of the time. So you yeah, know, double it basically. So yeah. it's 166.6666. Yeah. So we're looking at six months. I say six months of comfortably telling one million jokes, all around eating and sleeping and just other activities. And all you need to do is wear a garish belt. <laughs> and I laughed. Kind of laughed because they were bad. But that's kind of the case with Tim Vine sometimes as well. Um, I laughed at a lot of Hilda's jokes in this episode. So, uh, you know, pe- you'll be providing entertainment for people. I think, I think it'll be great. Yeah, I've got, I've got... I, I, want, I want a bush belt. <laughs> I've got my favourite uh, Hilda joke coming up uh, very shortly as well, which I, I, will, I will divulge on. Um, so Zelda vows to help her, but generosity lasts mere seconds as she's summoned to the other realm for some work. Salem, meanwhile, is on the phone to the TV company as Sabrina is just too boring for them. So when she pops her home for lunch he tries to convince her to go skydiving juggle steak knives or just chat about teen pregnancy which she's strongly against yeah i i i don't think i've met anyone that is for teen pregnancy well it, it depends what you mean M- for mtv it. it's probably it's yeah mtv couldn't be more for teen pregnancy yeah, it's, it's probably you know it's probably not ideal for most people but the majority of people acknowledge teens rights to be pregnant and have children if they so wish, um, unless they're in Alabama, Georgia, onwards. Arkansas, Arkansas onwards. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, strongly against teen pregnancy. So that's a bit, bit of Sabrina's politics that, uh, that we learned. Well, there. clearly the those abstinence posters are working. They are Apparently. influencing her decisions. The moral majority are uh, yeah are in, in full force. Yeah, excellent. She pops upstairs and the closet door goes off. And out comes the bloody Grim Reaper. She screams, but she doesn't need to, because it's only bloody Aunt Zelda. Because, uh, yeah, it turns out that every witch at some point in their life must be the bearer of bad news. It's like jury duty. It is, exactly. It took a long time for me to realise that she was not the Grim Reaper, that she was just going around telling people bad news. Because she talked about things that could bring about death, like... Someone had asbestos in their uh, basement. I was like, oh, so they're going to... Someone's go, shoes oh, was going to cause, cause Ath- athlete's Ath- foot. Uh, yeah. Something about someone's prostate as yeah. well. Well, not so much the athlete's foot. I think the athlete's foot was the last one. I was like, yeah. okay, it's just bad news. But when she said asbestos, when she said prostate, it was like, someone's going to get prostate cancer and die. Someone's going to die of asbestos-related il- yeah, mm-hmm. illnesses. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's bad news that could end up in death. She's the poor bearer of bad news. I definitely killed this conversation. I, I let out a big sigh when uh, you told that joke. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I, said, uh, I said so softly the microphone might not have picked it up. <laughs> so a big or, sigh. Or people, when you told that joke. <laughs> or alternatively, people listening to it just got a little tingle up their arms. So uh, do let us know if you felt something by growing scene scythe. And if so, I will pursue my ASMR career, as has been threatened uh, many times on this podcast so far. Yeah, have you got a name for that uh, that uh, podcast or album that you want to launch? Um, Relax with Riley. Rylax. Right. Oh, right. No, it sounds like a brand of uh, laxative. <laughs> <laughs> Relaxative. Get so relaxed that you shit yourself. That's not the. It's not the game I'm in. Yeah, you know what? If there's a market for that, if I guess. Do you want some audio laxatives? <laughs> <laughs> don't want to eat any chocolate, don't want to take pills, don't want just, medicine, just... Just me playing the brown note for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, there, there, are, there are worse ways to relax. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know. There are also tons of better ways. <laughs> Well, you know, if you are feeling a little constipated, it can be quite uncomfortable. Yeah. A little Rylax, that'll sweep you right out. <laughs> so from one bum note to the next, we're in school and Mrs. Quick is telling the kids to stop talking about how stupid Sabrina looks as her safety monitor because uh, she's apparently distracting people with how bright her sash yeah, yeah, I, and helmet I, I, can't, I can't see the board from the glare from Sabrina's mm. sash. Because she wears her sash and... Yeah, she has her sash on. Sorry, can you say sash, but really <laughs> softly? See if it... She has her sash. 
<laughs> on. And she also has her hat hard on. Sorry, her hat hard on. I've done it again! Um, <laughs> as well, dur- during during the lesson. I had to, I had to, put that, I had to have that joke. Um, uh, would you like to credit the author of that joke? Uh, Steve Coogan. <laughs> At home, and Salem is pleading with the TV execs again, and Hilda magics in some nuclear waste to the classroom, because Salem's saying, oh my God, we need something exciting, something dramatic to happen. Uh, so he convinces Hilda just to uh, fire some, uh, some cancerous uh, nuclear waste. So uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. there's no there's no direct evidence that nuclear waste causes cancer. It it, it causes radiation. Oh, sorry. It's radiation poisoning. Don't blame the nuclear waste. <laughs> Hashtag not all nuclear waste. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll change it. It's the radiation that causes the cancer. Okay, so um, so Hilda magics into nuclear waste to turn p- the kids into superheroes. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so it turns them into superheroes, and obviously they don't want that. So as Sabrina is safety monitor, she advises everyone to run for their lives to escape the bubbling, overflowing drum of superheroes slash cancerous materials. Uh, it's just a minor case of radiation, she says. None of us wanted kids anyway. Yeah, infertility. Uh, that's always funny. Great, some yeah. tackles ain't working after that, I guess. Um, well, don't need to be absent anymore. No, that's <laughs> Yeah, it. there we go. It's just absence. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mr. Kraft says that, uh, you know, he's very disappointed in how Sabrina's proceeding with these events because uh, uh, back in his day when he, when there was nuclear waste, it was his responsibility to get rid of it. And he's got the lesions to show it. Yeah, but that's just, that. that is just, the, that is the epitome of what uh, an, uh, the older generation say. It's like, back in my day, you cleaned up nuclear waste on your own. It's, it's the same. It's just absolutely ludicrous. But at the same time, oh, wait, no, yeah, that's probably true. It's nice to see how far um, being safety monitor has progressed, I guess. Yeah, I think the, the idea, but the thing with the old generation is the idea that it was somehow good that you were, you know, constantly at risk of death completely unnecessarily in the past. Makes you a hard masculine man. Exactly. And Mr. Kraft is. Is that. Is. Rugged. Yeah. Um, yes. mainly, mainly he's got a moustache yeah mainly his, his skin is rugged because of all the lesions <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so uh, so Sabrina heads to the canteen and Salem tells Zelda that Sam's wanted her grey dress cleaned so naturally the skimpy nighty appears on her and she flees wearing nothing but a shrub no mate no 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 we, we discussed this in the episode it's not a nighty oh sorry it's a slip a it's slip it's a silk slip yeah Okay, yeah. this is I mean, new to me. We, 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 I mean, the bottom line is we, we, we've had some flack in the past for not knowing what uh, a items, camisole was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What items of uh, of clothing are actually called? But no, that's a that's a silk a slip. slip, and it's worn underneath dresses. There we go. Okay, there you go. So that's nice. okay. Well, I apologise for my inappropriate slip of the tongue. Hey. Hey. Oh, and then she finds out that she's on TV. Or Graham, would you like to say shrubbery? Shrubbery. So Sabrina changes her outfit and heads upstairs to find a mailman dropping a ton of fan mail, uh, including one letter in particular asking, is it wrong to drool so much when you're sleeping? And she puts that down to having an overbite? She has an overbite. Well, the, well, the mailman then asks the same question, like a fucking so, bird. So how, no, it's how do you manage to drool so much when um, you're sleeping? Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, um, and then she's like, oh my God. And then she's like, and he's like, well... How do you? And then she says, I've got an overbite. So Sabrina heads to her bedroom to find Salem getting a massage. And that's real cat Salem getting a real cat massage. Yeah. Um, a few times. In the, yeah. Although we get a nice underneath shot of puppet uh, Salem's head in yeah. the in the like, massage pillow. Uh, Sven is yeah, Sven, giving yeah, it a massage. Sven. Uh, so Salem is getting a lovely massage because that's what his, uh, his TV wage can earn him now. Uh, Sabrina wants out of the show that's reportedly watched by millions. But the TV exec who magics in like a tuning in TV. like Nice touch. Yeah, I like all these uh, other uh, minor sort of witch characters that we get. And they have personalised music. We had like Diamond Dave um, sort of with his dice shaking magic. Yeah. And we've had... Um, had uh, Aunt Vesta sort of with her sort of slightly evil but sort of glamorous magic and then yeah we've got the TV exec tuning in like a TV it's very very good fun um, so he says that the contract is ironclad and cannot be breached uh, Zelda tries to advise and Hilda tries to lift the mood by saying one joke 
My husband says marriage isn't a word. It's a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Rimshot. Rimshot. <laughs> Genuinely, probably the, the, the best joke that she, co- that she told. That she did, I think it's yeah. very, yeah, it's yeah. very it was true as well. Very, very, very true. Uh, very pertinent. Very clever. Uh, intuitive. Um, delivered yeah. wonderfully. Uh, delivered to perfection. And that's not to say that marriage is necessarily bad. I mean, some sentences, of course, are good. I love you. That's a sentence. Oh, it's a short but sweet sentence. Uh, excuse me, just while I throw up over here. <laughs> Record it so we can put it in Graham's <laughs> album. <laughs> oh, that would be brilliant. Everyone's just like, ah, that doesn't... Fucking hell, I just threw up! <laughs> <laughs> we'll put some, put some bells and some well noises so it'll be... <laughs> followed by... <laughs> Just before we move on, can I just move back to something? Yes, yes. please. Genuine question okay. about the ironclad contract. Ironclad! <laughs> I mean, if, if you're asking for it in legal terms, I don't know if I can answer it, but please... Uh... Yeah, no, that's exactly where I'm going. Because the bottom line is, how can a cat, Salem, sign the rights of someone else's life over to a TV studio? It would have to have been Sabrina agreeing to it otherwise it's a breach of consent okay unless Salem said that he was Sabrina's manager or or even carer so because I guess TV execs particularly well, particularly like uh, witching ones uh, I guess real ones are only worried about ratings and money maybe he just took Salem's word for it yeah I'd say two potential things I mean one which is the get out for all these things is that we, we know we know the witching realm uh, and its laws are pretty pretty lax not Rylax. No. Um, and and the other is that Sabrina is a is a minor, and so yeah, Salem could have pretended he was her guardian and uh, signed. You know, because you well, know, then, all these end. all these child stars, you know, they always had like so. Well, very often had parents on the make, sort of, you know, like signing their life away, you know, like Macaulay Culkin and people. So and the Olsen twins and the Olsen twins. So yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, but 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 still, it, saying it's ironclad that means it actually genuinely isn't because we know that Salem isn't her guardian there's no legal documentation indicating that therefore the contract should be null and void I was hoping we'd get a reprisal of Brian Cranston in this episode yeah he'd, he'd sort it out he yes. would sort it out he'd get his legs out and then he'd sort it out <laughs> yes so Zelda suggests that if ratings were lousy, then the show could possibly be cancelled. So Sabrina tries to make the show as dull as possible. All the while, however, uh, Zelda has got a blowtorch and she's trying to sort of blow off. Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, to blow off, right? Which could mean a blowjob, or it could mean farting. It's the, it's the best. In this case, it doesn't mean either. It no, no. It means she's going to blowtorch it. Off. Unfortunately, Harvey stops by to tell Sam's that he saved a family from a burning building, which is no good for the ratings. Well, it is, but obviously not Sabrina's life. Uh, and having the house swarmed by fans and paparazzi won't do anyone a favour. So she flees the school, where she's ignoring Mrs. Quick's story about her near-death experience to talk about Jello. Is the TV exec making all these dramatic things happen to the people in Sabrina's life? Well, it, that's got to be it, right? I, no, I like to no, think no, Harvey no. would have gone in, and gone into. I'm sure he would, but the likelihood of that happening to Harvey and Mrs. Quick nearly dying and all this happening at once is, you know, much like we've seen as in as Westbridge turns when you know just dramatic events are just sort of like thrust upon these people by magic. Yeah, but no, because we every, get natural disasters later. Yeah, though. yeah. Mm. Every time we, every time we see the exec do the magic so therefore anything before her being back in school yeah was actually real right so harvey saving people from burning building that was real if he had said i just saved a bunch of kids from an orphanage that was on fire yeah then i wouldn't have believed it. yeah you don't have orphanages so, uh, yeah, no, I, I do like to think, though, Harvey just did this. It was just something that, something awful happened naturally, and he just went and saved the day and just went straight to Sabrina. I to... like to think that something awful happened naturally. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 
when, it, when something awful happens unnaturally, you know that something's gone awry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, we like we like natural disasters, but not supernatural disasters, yeah. which we get a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Sabrina flees because she's like, oh my god, I need to be surrounded by uh, boredom. And yeah, Mrs. Quick is telling her that um, a pea tried to kill her. Well, well not <laughs> no, not on purpose, but like um, yeah, she yeah, she was allergic to peas, so she's broken out in um, something. I've just. I've just got the image of the the Poddington peas at the bottom of the garden marching on Mrs. Quick. Oh, good grief. What a harrowing thought. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I had to take a moment just to process it. Uh, Harvey comes in to invite Sabrina into his limo because he's getting a bloody medal off the mayor for saving the day. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, look, there's going to be a parade or something. Sabrina, would you like to ride with me? And she's like, well, no, because that's boring. I want to talk about Jell-O. Out of, in fairness, out of, out, out of the desserts out there, Jell-O is actually quite quite exciting. It's so vibrant in colour, it, isn't it? it? It's vibrant in colour. It, it, it moves, it wobbles. It's by no means boring, is Not it? at all. You could play, you could play with Jell-O. And mm. it's fun to make. And you can make different shapes out of it as well. <clears throat> Jelly. Not Jello. Alright. British broadcast. Carry on. Um, wow. Jelly. Jelly on a plate. Yeah. A jelly mould. Yeah, yeah, but what you got to remember, mate, is the Americans call jam jelly. Yeah, they do. They're wrong. <laughs> We're just trying to appeal to... to, to the, the masses, and if they've seen the episode, that they'll associate the word jello with what we know as jelly. I understand it, Graham. I understand. But we're trying to be. <laughs> I can't do it. Is, is that doing anything for you? <laughs> uh, back home, and even a chainsaw won't get Hilda's belt off, and time is almost up as her date, Bryce, is on his way. Uh, Hilda tells us that he's really, really short, and unfortunately he will be a magnet for her joke belt. So Zelda says that uh, she'll do most of the talking in this situation. So he comes in. Oh, oh and he's also uh, he's forgotten his toupee, hasn't he? Just yeah, ev- everything that like yeah, one of those hacky old comedians would make a cheap joke about. He's short. He's bald. And he, at one point he mentions being Polish. And Polish jokes are the American equivalent to uh, Irish jokes over here. Like yeah. these horrible old racist jokes about people of a certain country being stupid um so yeah um so Hilda Scott's are going um yeah, I mean, every time I mean, he l- these things luckily when she unleashes an onslaught of of uh jokes luckily she doesn't go in like the the polish and it is just being sure to be bald yeah yeah we could have been apologizing for a lot more than just yeah. uh been a pole apologizing <sighs> side of my own joke so sorry <laughs> Should have wore saw that, uh, that 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 wasn't the right joke to make. All right, that's definitely our cue to continue with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> God, it was Graham that defecated on this show this week. Um, uh, let's crack our. Uh, <laughs> we've got gods to talk about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, rede- I redeem myself, you see. <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, Back in school and Sabrina is trying to keep the show's ratings plummeting by counting all the ceiling tiles in the canteen. Uh, The TV exec refuses to cancel the show, so instead he magics in a twister in the hallway, which Sabrina doesn't doesn't react to, despite the potentially fatal death rate of her classmates. Here you go. Question for you. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a tornado and a twister? Genuine question. Genuine question. What's the difference between a twister and a tornado? I think twister is just a slang for a tornado. No, a slang for a tornado is windy bastard. (laughs) Basically, hurricanes and typhoons form over water and are huge, while tornadoes form over land and are much smaller in size. A tornado is a violent windstorm characterised by a twisting funnel-shaped cloud. In the United States, a twister is used as a colloquial term for tornado. Ah. Very well. I was wrong. Nice. Uh, would someone like to explain what colloquial means? Uh, common to the area. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It's like the, 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 it's the, it's the debate between, you know, a, is it a bap, a bun, a roll, a barn? Uh, yeah. It's yes. also the argument of is it breakfast, lunch and dinner or if it's breakfast, dinner and tea? Yeah, yeah. 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 And where does supper come in and where's oh, 11 What about your mid-afternoon snack? 
<laughs> what about your mid-afternoon snack? Holding back the tears there. Is, is what, what does someone think of the mid-afternoon snack? What does somebody think of the snacks? The mid-afternoon snack. Sorry. Um, so just because you mentioned it about the... Uh, the, the uh... <laughs> I needed to burp. It's the only way I could get through it. <laughs> So just as you mentioned it before, um, uh, people outside of the UK weren't necessarily familiar with the huge, brutal uh, political debate that we have here about the correct term for basically just like a knob of bread that you can put make a sandwich out of. <laughs> should we call all the debate? Should we call it a knob of bread or not? I would say no. No, it is not a knob of bread. It is not a bread made of knobs or a knob made no. of bread. It's just I didn't It's wanna... a cob. You were thinking cob. Yeah, yeah, but but I want to say after three, um, we all say at the exact same time what we call that. What we say that kind of bread after three. Um, and we'll just see uh, and then after it we may have to reflect where our friendships are I, I, I was going to say after it we may have to draw swords and fight to the death yes we'll find out so after, so we're going to go one two three boom okay, okay. okay. But, but we're not going to say boom obviously. No, no, we're going no, to say, say we're going to say knob of bread but okay so uh, so what do you call those things that you a round bit of bread that you might make into a sandwich after three one two three boom what did you say? Bun. Bun? Balm. Balm. Hey! Hey! I accept bun. I accept bun. I accept oh, bun. Thank you. Thank you for your tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> we accept people of all thoughts on this podcast. What I don't accept is people who call it a roll. It's not a fucking roll. It's not a fucking no. roll. A ro- if you're going to call a bit of bread a roll, it's that's more like a baguette. A soft baguette would be a roll. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you, you know, like a soft... The soft the, 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 <laughs> That's a knob of bread. That's a, a roll, a hot dog bun is a knob of bread. It's a knob of bread. Uh, back home and Bryce... Yeah, because we, we are talking about Sabrina. Who? Back... Who's Bryce? Bryce? Bryce is Bryce Hilda's... Is, Bryce is a short man. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, back home and Bryce is here to meet Hilda. And not only is he a bit short, but he's misplaced his toupee. Oh, and he's Polish too as well. As we and said. he's Polish. <laughs> Uh, Zelda unfortunately has grim duties to attend to so Hilda must try to resist the urge to talk and crack jokes back in school and the canteen has been barricaded to protect everyone from the tornado but because Sabrina won't interact with anything or anyone a magical earthquake is conjured instead and yep most definitely there's a high death count yeah right presumably this earthquake isn't localised entirely within the canteen uh, the canteen (laughs) Um, actually, I think you find it. It, I, I, it might not just be in the canteen, but it's localized to the school yeah. because we there, there isn't an earthquake at the Spellman household. There isn't. Uh, yeah, people could have been up ladders, though. People could have been, you know, um, in in the gym. You know, like on like the monkey bars. Whatever. People, people, people could people could have fallen from heights and, and died. Or yeah, no, no. If the earthquake happened first, I'd be on your side. But it didn't. The tornado happened, so everyone would have scattered. Oh, that's I don't, true. I don't think I would have remained up a set of ladders <laughs> if a tornado materialised. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so yeah. I, 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 the death toll might have been high, but yeah. probably not as high as we think. Right. No, okay. okay that, that's a good way to overlook potential death. People could have been blown off the ladders <laughs> by the tornado, though. Yeah. Uh, Libby says, why are we having a, a uh, earthquake? This is Massachusetts, and uh, Mr. Kraft says Democrats. <laughs> yeah. while, while holding on to Mrs. Quick's waist, yes. yeah. like a small child. Yeah. Yeah. What, a, what a brilliant character. <laughs> uh, the power goes out too, and everyone in the canteen is genuinely fearing for their lives, causing Sabrina to finally try and douse the hot situation. So, uh, always while Linda, Mr. Kraft says, is anyone qualified to take confessionals? <laughs> so he definitely thinks he's going to die. Um, meanwhile, Zelda is trying to give out some bad news to a bloke who just won't accept it while Zelda is trying not to crack jokes at the extent of a date who is too short to reach the asparagus from the top shelf back in school and Sabrina is guiding Mr. Craft, Mrs. Quick and her classmates to safety avoiding all the falling debris and miniature explosions on the way so uh, they've gone full out on decking well decorating the, the school with falling like dust and rubble and ceiling, things are falling everywhere. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's quite 
pretty pretty big budget earthquake for a uh, a sitcom and, and and for a comedy earthquake as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, we all know how they achieved it, didn't don't we? They had uh, five show uh, five runners up some ladders just chucking stuff out. Yeah, obviously not yeah. while the tornado was going. We've, we've, no, we've established that. No, otherwise it blown off the ladder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 After, after the tornado, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or alternatively, they just continuously threw the set at loads of trains. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. from all directions, that's it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just went to a rail yard and just went nuts. <laughs> yeah. um, but one thing is, as this is magical, will this just be cleared up, like, at the snap of a finger? Or will the school need to be, like, rebuilt? Well... Unlike usually when the mortal world is turned on its head by magic, we don't actually see a, um, a Men in Black like, this never happened moment. Uh, or or a, a Harry Potter, ooh, the rain makes everyone forget and then they go around fixing everything. Mm. Yeah, like, there's, yeah there's, there's none of that. So as far as we know, I mean, that's not to say that after, after we leave uh, the world of Sabrina that they didn't subsequently do that. Yeah, that's quite true. As we leave, uh, as we leave everybody in uh, this edition... Um, the school is in ruins. Sabrina mentions people having post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. and having to deal with an unexpected earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, things things are things are pretty fucked up. You they know what? I, I reckon the uh, the school's ins- uh, insurance premium is going to go oh, sky yeah. high oh, after this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're going to have to make some cuts. Sabrina's guiding everyone through the hallways, and uh, Mr. Kraft says uh, turns to Harvey doesn't he says I need you to give this to my lawyer and he says oh but this is a declaration of love and he went no 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 that's for Sandra Bullock (laughs) so he he constantly has in his jacket pocket a love letter for Sandra Bullock in case in case he dies so so she knows that this principal who's died (laughs) deputy principal deputy principal who has died in Massachusetts uh, loved her (laughs) yeah I mean in fairness in 1999 Sandra Bullock was a big deal. She was kind was of a big, big deal. deal, yeah. She was a big deal. It was around about time of speed and... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the net. Yes, and the net. And the Jesus. Net. <laughs> wait, oh. pro- wait, wasn't the net 2001? No, the net, no, the net's like, it's definitely late 90s. Cause, was it definitely late 90s? No, the internet in that film is definitely late 90s <laughs> internet. Like, yeah. But yeah, he's constantly just got this declaration of love to Sandra Bullock, which is quite a surprise actually, because if we've learned anything from Mr. Kraft over the past couple of seasons, is he's got a type. And Sandra Bullock definitely does not seem his type of woman. Well, what? She's not a witch? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, she is. She is, though. Practical Practical magic! magic! Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) With Nicole Kidman! Well, there we go. I stand corrected by my own revelation. Well, you're sitting. So I'm sat... Being sat in my own revelation doesn't... (laughs) Doesn't sound... Doesn't sound as reflective as it... uh, it should. It's from all that relaxing I've been doing. Everyone thinks they're going to die, and Sabrina freaks out, causing Mrs. Quick to slap her. And, oh, uh, and oh. the uh, obviously the ratings will go up after oh, that. Oh, good but, slap! Yeah, quick, Sabrina, you'll get you've gotten on my last nerve. Yeah, it's great seeing Mrs. Quick's now. Brilliant. Yeah. It's really, really good fun. Uh, they finally reach the fire exit, but it's no good because a bloody dinosaur is outside, ready to oh. tear some shit up. Wouldn't you know it? Well, <laughs> I have a theory about this, okay? The way to explain it to the mortals. All right. Yeah. Uh, very simple. As the earthquake was happening, uh, obviously, Mrs. Quick tells us that the movement of the tectonic yes. plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and what actually happened was that the, the, there was a hibernating dinosaur beneath the tectonic plates. When the earthquake occurred, the tectonic plates spread apart enough so that the dinosaur would see the sunlight and then emerge thinking its hibernation had been complete. Mm. And therefore, in terms of realm building, beneath the tectonic plates across the world, there are hibernating dinosaurs that could be awoke, awoken by any earthquake or natural disaster. Nice. What a plot for a disaster movie that would be. Have they done that before? I don't think they have. No. I, not that I know of. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be down for that. But nothing's official until we've got a name for it, so... I was uh, thinking something along the lines of Rise of the Mesozoic. Or Dinocalypse. Dinocalypse. <laughs> Dinocalypse, yeah. That's got yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson written yeah. all <laughs> over it. Yeah. So, Dwayne, we know you're listening. <laughs> How about it? Dinopocalypse. Uh, uh, and the best part is, what else would, is going to stop uh, the dinosaurs rising for a second time other than another big rock? Hey! hey! 
that's the tagline. Sabrina, keeping up with racial stereotypes, she starts speaking to the uh, lizard in Japanese. I, again, this is the, that's Godzilla. Godzilla's Japanese. It, it's, it's, she's putting them all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all, 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 uh, all, all lizards are the same. All, all, all giant lizards are the same. Uh, and as we know, hashtag not all giant lizards. Yeah. So she she puts them all together in this racially insensitive uh, pot, and she says, "Oh, of course, of course," she says. Of course they all speak Japanese. So she starts speaking it and the uh, giant lizard says, I don't speak Japanese, I'm French. And of course it is. Yeah. A big, cold-blooded, leathery lizard. From the south of France, possibly. From the south of... Of course it I is. I tell you what, his, his, his deep, booming French voice. Andre the Giant. <laughs> Sounded so much like Andre the Giant. Very much yeah. did, yeah. She directs him to a like an organ meat food festival or something and he says oh I'll check it out um, the lizard thanks Sabrina or sorry the culturally illiterate American pig damn right <laughs> and just says toodles and he bugs off yeah. but yeah a, a nice bit of uh, yeah racial stereotyping because normally Sabrina's the teenage witch is quite good at that just being inappropriate and uh, offensive to to women, to uh, Chinese, if you remember, in the yep. in season one. We've tried to forget. Yeah, we have tried to forget many times. Uh, but yeah, I like how she went, of course it's going to be Japanese, and I was so hoped that it wasn't going to. And yeah, it's French, it so it's, it's nice fun. There were dinosaurs all over the world, weren't there? Yes, there is. And, and of course, because there is, not there were. There is. They're under there. Under the they're, under, they're waiting. They're going to. They're going to come out. Um, and and they've well, they've been under there. They've been listening to us, and they've been learning our languages. So mm-hmm. they yeah, they probably will be French speaking dinosaurs. Yes, Japanese speaking dinosaurs. Swahili speaking dinosaurs. And they're, they're all they're all going to come up, and that's going to be in the film. They're going to talk. So uh, yeah, so the giant lizard, the French. Uh, uh, lizard uh, buggers off without causing any harm. However, the same can't be said for Hilda. However, after she can't gag up her gags anymore, and she fires an onslaught of short and boldness jokes at poor Bryce. For example, one of them being, you're so short when it rains, you're the last to know. Yeah, and you're so short, you don't need to, you, you, you don't need to sit to milk a cow. Yeah, you can milk a cow. Yeah. Oh yeah, you yeah. can milk, yeah, that's the one. You yeah. reach up to tie your shoelace, is that yeah. another one? Yeah, yeah. So, but again, luckily she didn't go down the, the Polish route. No, but she she did uh, stop herself at one point, which I thought would have been a, a good. It was a, she put a bomb yeah, in her mouth. Yeah, she put a bomb in her mouth, uh, <laughs> or a bun, or a knob. <laughs> she oh, put a knob in her mouth. Oh god. <laughs> Back home, and it seems that Bryce wasn't right for Hilda, as her brutal, uncensored jokes were too insulting, and he dumped her. However, it's not all bad news, as Zelda and her scary costume managed to successfully scare the TV exec into cancelling Sabrina's world and replacing it with a Hilda stand-up special, which will go on for... Six months. Six months with breaks and regular time slots, or possibly just 80-odd days if it was just a marathon. 83.333 recurring. And then what will happen Will she just tell the joke and then the belt will fall off and then, like, sort of just wiggle across like a worm onto someone else. I don't don't think that's how it works, mate. She she had to put the belt on. So the belt will fall off and then wait until someone else... It'd be like Jumanji and there's like loads of bongos so someone else would pick it up in the sand, put it on and have to tell a million jokes again. Yes. yes. Uh, the credits roll and that's just exactly what they do. <laughs> Why was it so strange? It was just not right. Our theory, and again, you know, uh, our uh, our wonderful uh, fan base are invited to get in touch with us via uh, the various means and, and let us know on this. Our theory is that they played the real world theme over these stills and the credits of the real world are stills from the episode that's just happened. And so that's why the credits of this episode of Sabrina are stills. What we don't know is if this is just the beginning of them not doing um, credits scenes Mm -hmm. and from now on we will just get stills. Uh, And if that is the case, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. But I'm, I'm thinking that it's some sort of real-world related parody, yes. which would have had the music um, on the TV broadcast. But yeah. let us know. Yeah, let us know. I mean, it, it was just so off-putting. It was so... Oh, it was gross. I mean, I mean, luckily, at the end of the season, they drop the um, the mirror gags. Luckily. Um, I believe so, yeah. I believe season three is the end of the mirror gags. Do, are you telling me they've run out of mirror gags? Is season four season four's not when we get the new theme tune, is it? 
well, oh. I believe it's one of the two theme tunes. Well, were there more than two? Well, there was there was the just. Oh yeah. Oh, that awful one with all bubbles. It was quite nice. That. Oh, did you get off on it? And then there was, um, and then there's the. Where she's in college. Right. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. No. I, I like the. I like we're the not bu- changing our theme though. No. no. I like. I like. The, I like the the bubble title sequence. I remember. I remember that. Yeah. It was good. Uh, I, <laughs> I do apologise, but I've been busting for a wee for about ten minutes. Can we? Can we hit pause? Well, there we go, guys. That was Chris's wee. How did it go? Uh, smooth. Smooth, nice, yeah. nice. You don't like those rugged paces, I don't do. I like a smooth pace as opposed to a piece of bits in. <laughs> Uh, but here we go enough talking about Chris's Waz let's talk about uh, the episode we've just watched boys did we enjoy it it was a good one yeah it had a a, uh, a fizzing script full of uh, nice little gags um, including some character consistent ones and Mr Craft didn't mention Libby um, much in this episode but she had some good lines as well including that um, she wanted to die at least three feet away from uh, anyone else she was trapped with (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah I I liked it a lot I thought um, the Guest stars all, all did extremely well, uh, especially um, especially the TV exec. I thought was a, was a great uh, great villain character. So yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, uh, Chris, do you have the sort of the same thoughts? Because did it give did it bring the hopes up that season three is going to wrap up quite nicely? Because this is the first good episode we've had in a long while. The episode itself, uh, there was there was action, there was intrigue, there was uh, a, a, an interesting storyline, a spin on what w- was at the time a modern classic. Um, but you, you know, it it was a good episode. But I feel like, and against our our, our measuring, against our specific criteria, it's not going to measure up well. Oh, well, Ooh. on that segue, we might as well uh, ride on to the uh, bit where we review the episode, because at the end of each ep, uh, we like to score it on a certain amount of criteria. They are magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, boys, progression. progression. That was aggressive. Uh, so, boys, first of all, uh, magic, just how magical was this episode? Uh, well, um, they literally made an earthquake with magic. Mm-hmm. And we learnt more about magic television. That if you if you diss the uh, broadcaster, they can they can come through the telly and get yeah. you. Only if you don't have one of those V cards, V chips, or V chip, yeah. yeah. And and I liked how I said the TV exec how he sort of used Fizzled magic, yeah, 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 it was yeah, all like tuning into because when he uh, covered the contract in chains, it was like they were tuning in and stuff. So I, so I did like that. Yeah. And, the Borscht Belt as well. That's Bo- a magical yeah, that item. was a magical item. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We, we, we had a bit of magic realm building in the fact that the Grim Reaper delivers bad news, not just death. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I would give it a four with the, with the magic. I'd be happy with a four as well. Be, yeah, four, four is sufficient. Uh, what about wit? Well, if we're going to just take it for from Mr. Craft, then I'd give it a four. Some of the lines he comes out with. Well, I just think this episode overall was just really, really funny. Yeah, it was funny. The TV exec had some good lines as well. Salem did. Um, we, we, we have to do something. We have to take something away for all of Hilda's jokes. Yeah. Some of them were a bit naff. Yeah. But then they were meant to be. They were meant to be naff. Yeah, but it's not witty. Yeah, but neither are we, but we keep them in the show, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah because we're hilarious. But I, 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 I'd say it's another four. I'd say it's another four as well. I was going to say three. Well, well, well me and Graham outweigh, so we'll, the official score would be... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, what's two against one? I'm not, okay. I'm, so I'm okay. not talking about I, fighting. I, 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 it's fine, it's fine, okay. it's fine. We agreed on Barn. We, we did agree on Barn. You have my respect. <laughs> you, you, you always have Barn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we say uh, four for wit, uh, creativity. Um, the borscht belt is <laughs> yeah. genius. Yeah, it's one of the one of the smartest and probably completely over the head of children jokes that they've uh, ever done on the show. So I love that. Um, I liked the again the TV concept. I guess that factors into mm-hmm. into creativity. How they incorporate TV in the magic world is yeah. quite, quite interesting. I mean, the real world parodies probably like one of the most obvious things you could do in 99 so I wouldn't put that in there yeah but but I think to completely outweigh that I think the fact that just to make the show more interesting they could have just magicked in someone to infuriate 
Sabrina or just put Sabrina and her friends in a just a an inconvenient situation. Yeah. But the fact that yeah. they went, I know, let's do a, a twister. We'll just blow loads of air in. I'm like, oh my God, okay, that's interesting. But then to go, we're going to have an earthquake, but the school's going to be falling apart for the rest of the episode. And we're going to have a dinosaur that, yeah, it might sound silly, but it speaks French. And Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think they could have gone for a really season three typical... They could have gone the easy way out and just gone, let's just let's just run this episode for 23 minutes. But they went completely outrageous and not one part of it was uninteresting or... Which, in light of the fact that it's a parody of the real world and now we know what reality TV has become, mm-hmm. sort of, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It was quite forward, as we said at the start, it's quite forward thinking yeah. in terms of what reality TV would be in the uh, yeah. the coming century. So. so I think solely based off the sheer amount that they didn't need to do but did wonderfully, I'd say a five. I would say five. Very well, a five it is. Five, well. Progression. Zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Zero. I think, unfortunately, that's where we're going. Say, 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 say no more. Just the, the, was... Progression, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was a completely self-contained episode. Absolute. Yeah. Could have been put anywhere in season two and three yeah i mean i would like to say one for the progression in the sense of they've showed us the extent of what they'll do to make an episode entertaining I'd still like but it's nothing to do with story no, so. that's, still, that's still creativity yeah, yeah. so it's still zero so zero so yeah. uh chris as our uh, uh calculator in hairy human form what would you give this episode based on these scores? Well, you want me to add up the three numbers? I would love you to that because you you are the numbers man. It gives us 13 out of 20. 13? And when you think that's just off three scores, that's... That's not bad. That's not bad. Going. This episode, is it's much better than the score we've given it. It's just obviously with the lack of progression, it is dipped down. But this is easily, in my opinion anyway, one of my favourite episodes, I think, of yeah, the, of the show complete shows run I think we like it when it gets wacky but you kind of need the bread and butter episodes in mm. between to appreciate the wackiness in the context of the characters yeah, I will we, say so we, we learned that in season 2 exactly mm. so those episodes um, are great standalone episodes but they wouldn't be without the sort of t- more typical episodes yeah. I, I will say uh, hopefully it's in the next episode which is episode 22 boys it's called the long and winding shortcut. What do you think the ruddy hell this episode is about? I think that's an oxymoron, mate. So the long and winding shortcut. Oh, okay. So it's got to be something along the lines of Sabrina has a problem, as per, uh, <laughs> and um, has uh, wants to take uh, uh, take the quick option. However, the quick option then turns into something that is got, gets out of hand, and she has to go the long way around. Okay, sounds pretty logical. Uh, it's completely vague and giving you nothing at all to work with. Well, yeah. that's what the episode might be about. Obviously, it comes from the long and winding road yes. by Donald Trump. Um, so does Sabrina make a song uh, which she really likes and then it's given to a producer uh, without her consent who adds loads of um, strings and horns and she's really pissed off about it? Quite possible. It sounds great, but uh, it's not quite what it's about. Uh, The Long and Winding Shortcut, episode 22, is about... In an effort to get help working out the family secret, Serena gets banished to an other realm, Priory, a world without any modern advantages. Is it Priory or Prairie? Uh, Uh, It's Prairie. I don't know. Do you mean where where monks are? Or do you mean where the little house was? I think it's probably when the little house was... Oh, Prairie. Prairie, then. Prairie, yeah. Prairie Dog. Yeah. I think so, anyway. Obviously, I've not watched the episode. This is just going by what IMDb tells me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I assume she might be joining some sort of like, maybe like Amish, witch Amish style community, possibly. Amish. Amish. Um, so I think, yeah, she is um, yeah joining sort of some sort of community where she, uh, yeah, without modern technology, she's got to work out the family secret for herself. So it's promises... Way of a family seeker orientated episode. How much will it be involved? We'll just have to wait and see and ultimately be disappointed. Uh, tell you what I've not been disappointed at uh, is, is this episode. I think it's been a really good one. So I'd like to thank uh, myself, first of all, uh, Phil Dean. Thank you very much. And I'd like to thank my, uh, my colleagues to the front of me. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, first of all, Mr. Graham Raleigh. Thank you very much, Graham. Thanks. Gratitude.
And I'd like to thank uh, Chris Evans, who has got a nice voice, but I don't know whether he'll make my hair stand on end. Probably not. Not with that tone. <laughs> Probably not, no. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, <laughs> no. boys. Um, so if people want to get in touch, particularly about, um, well, a number of things, whether you think uh, Graham's got a successful ASMR career ahead of him, uh, what your thoughts are on a Dinopocalypse, or if you've got a better name, uh, or if you just want to get in touch about what you think our second anniversary show should be about. Graham, via Twitter is where you can reach us. We are at... Sabrina Watch. That we are. Chris, you can get in touch by other ways. Tell me one of them. Yeah, yeah. we have a Facebook page, which is Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Indeed it is. And uh, yeah, if you just want to drop us an email, why not? Sometimes those uh, those uh, sort of film people, makers, directors, investors want to get in touch via email. And our email address is sabrinateenagewatch at gmail.com. Uh, and there is also two major ways you can help out our show. First of all, go to iTunes and give us a wonderful five-star review because more reviews means more fans and more listeners and more friendships about to bloom, ultimately. Uh, and uh, the other way is uh, if you would like to donate to this podcast we love doing it for free we have no uh, no worries with that uh, but uh, you know if you would like to give something back to us then by all means you are more than welcome to uh, our website is www.coffee that's k-o hyphen f-i dot com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch Oh, well, boys, uh, this week's been an absolute blast. I've enjoyed the slight change in scenery, the uh, slight change in sort of setup, looking at you from a slightly different angle, which I did enjoy. So uh, it's a side of you that I don't see very often. I enjoyed it. Which is our good side, um, you can now say. Backside? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it just leaves one last thing for us to say. May every little thing you do be magic. Uh-huh.